kids. Welcome to the Capital Life Podcast. I am your host, Abby Pagood. This is where we talk about all the things that life brings. The good, the bad, and of course, the healthy. And today's episode is called You Drive Me Crazy. And what better way to celebrate than with my very good friend to join me for another edition of Keeping It Real with Real People, Miss Audra Watley. Welcome to the Capital of Life, Audra. Thank you. Again, <laughs> technically, again, because you've been here before. Oh, wait, I was supposed to say, hey. <laughs> That's what Abby told me to say. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. We're going to get rowdy on this episode, so you guys better be paying attention. Uh, but before we jump in and start getting all crazy, because that's how we do, I just have to make sure that you guys go and visit CapitalHealth.com. That's K-A-P-I-T-O-L, Health. Dot com and check out the Capital Health Shop. We have so many awesome things in there. We've got the swagware. We've got the gift cards. We've got oils to fit your needs. We've got the focus programs. We've got all the fun things. So go check out the Capital Health Shop today and just check out our awesome stuff. This episode of The Capital Life is brought to you by B-Zen Holistic Wellness Center. And that is Miss Audra's special happy home that she's created where she has all these amazing services to keep people balanced, to keep people healthy, making sure they're being held accountable, doing blood testing, allergy work. She works on my entire family. We go to her for everything before we even go to our doctor. But anyway, I would like to make sure and remind you guys to please like, share, and rate us on whichever platform you're listening to us on. This is how we start to really spread the message of good in the world that needs it so much right now. So guys, we've got to start getting a little crazy and we've got to start talking about the things that drive us crazy. But I do have to say, Miss Audra, you do a podcast with me every single week and it's called Embracing the Wild and some people don't actually know that. I don't normally (laughs) announce that and say that, but we, Miss Audra here is... Let's just say Abby gets a little rowdy, and I say all the things. She even... does say all the things. <laughs> all the things. All the things. All, all the of things. them. All of them. <laughs> and then she also, I, you know, I really get so comfortable, and I'm so much more myself when I'm with her that sometimes I think that podcast is better. <laughs> <laughs> and I really think it is. And the, what was really sweet is I saw this lady this week, and she saw me, and she said, Oh my gosh, I listened to a couple of your episodes of The Capital Life, Not Embracing the Wild. And she was like, they were amazing. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then in my heart, I go, Embracing the Wild is better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, it's like literally if you were to be a fly on the wall between two girlfriends just having a conversation. That's what that one's like. For sure. Yeah, it's not about business. It's not about whatever. It's, it's about just, It's, it's just, just about, you know. Two girls having a conversation. And we never plan for it. Like, we're here. I have a script, and I have the things. And if I don't do the plugs, then my developers will get mad at me. And then I have to I have to do the plugs because I have to. And But part of it's really because I'm trying to create awareness for people. And I want people to have a home where they can come and talk about all of life's phases as, you know, when they're growing, when they're doing, when they're being. And feel like they have a place to talk, a place to listen, a place to get like good information um and one of the reasons why i wanted you on today was because well the title of the show was you're driving me crazy and what drives me crazy 
is one of the reasons I started my business in the first place. Why I started my I started the cap I started Capital Health with the intent of properly educating people for getting attuned and knowing what their body needs, but really also because I wanted to make sure that people actually like got away from some of the bullshit that's going around. And the thing that what I didn't I created the company originally because I witnessed so many of my clients that were having a hard time, you know, sticking to their commitments, sticking to their self-care, sticking to their, you know, good health practices that they needed to take care of their body. And the thing that really bothered me was that as I created my company, I didn't realize how much animosity I had towards the health industry. And and it and it's not just I do believe that there's divine intervention in Western medicine that we need, but there's so much of it that is just hogwash and bullshit. And it's like, it it's misguided and misleading to some people and then they're not getting what they need. And so therefore, today's episode, you driving me crazy, I thought, what better way to have you on since you are an awesome healthcare practitioner extravaganza because you are my back pocket of wild intelligence. If there's not any, if there's something I have a question on, I call her. If there is something I can't figure out, I call her. If there's something that I have a crazy idea about, I call her. Like there, like literally I call her all the time because I'm like, Hey, how do you feel about this? And sometimes vice versa. And I'm sometimes surprised when she asks me questions because I'm like, really? Cause I, you know more than I do. But the point is, why don't we talk about all the things within the health industry that drives us fucking crazy? Yes. They make me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that drives me absolutely bonkers is insurance. Ugh. Insurance <laughs> drives me like absolutely mad because, and it's changing. The way that it used to be to the way that it is today, it's almost like medical doctors can no longer technically be the lead runner in a patient's diagnostics. The insurance company is controlling the patient care. Absolutely. That makes me crazy. I don't know how many patients that I've had come to me um, we are not an insurance based clinic because most of what I do doesn't fall into what's medically necessary and I say it that way right. because it's self care like, isn't medically necessary me- yes I was going to say Fuck you off. being <laughs> optimal health <laughs> you feeling good is not medically necessary um, health insurance really should be called uh, life insurance because it is medically necessary for them to keep you alive. Um, it is not, however, medically necessary for them to make you feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bum, bum, and, bum. and, you know, it's like I have a lot of patients that come to me that I'm not going to say a lot. I have a handful of patients that have come to me over the years and it's like, well, I was on this medication. I was doing really, really well, but then my insurance changed. They won't cover that medication anymore until I've been on this one. And the one that I'm on, it's giving me side effects. I don't feel good. It's not working as well. All of the stuff, but they won't go back to the other one. Yeah. And so they're looking for, you know, ways to help tolerate a medication that doesn't work for them. Which 
because not, of the insurance not, company. It's not even like the doctor recommended it. Right. It's like the doctor's hands are tied. They're just doing what the insurance company. Well, my other my my when you when you mention that, my brain immediately goes to a band-aid patch. And the thing that bothers me about insurance, it well, not just insurance in general, but medical, like just the medical practice in general, is that instead of investigating the problem and figuring out what the freak is going on with somebody's body, it's always like Oh, well, you're having this problem. And, oh, coincidentally, this wasn't an issue six months ago, but it is now. Let's just put a Band-Aid on it. Let's give you a medication. Let's let's have you do these things. And if those things don't work, you're fucking crazy, right? Like, right. how many times have I had numerous clients talking about how they're not feeling well, they're feeling sluggish, or they're having headaches, and it's like – to the point of where it's astronomical, it's not part of the normal realm. And the doctor's answer is basically, okay, well then we can, you know, go check out this with neurology and all of these different things. And then basically saying, you know, hey, all those tests are going to come back inconclusive, which then means I'm just going to send you to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, which by the way, the psychologist doesn't necessarily know what's going on either because it's not in the person's head like they're physically not feeling well and they're desperate wanting answers and no one's giving them answers well and it's it's because of the way that the medical system was originally set up right it's like when medicine itself over the last i I mean really it's been in the last hundred years that we've developed this medical system that we had which is crazy when you think about it because you think about chinese medicine and avant-garde and all these different practices that have been around for thousands of years and then it's like the number one thing that people pay attention to is the medical system that's been really ramped up around 100 um i think antibiotics was like 100 and not even 150 years ago at this point that unless they, you watch outlander when she makes it when she in makes the past, it when, when she goes back yeah in time when she goes and she back makes in it time there and, and she's not supposed to know how to do it because yeah. i think it was the 50s that she learned how to do it right right i was gonna say which is you know mind-blowing and phenomenal like they used a instead of having uh syringes they used a a tooth from a snake crazy it's crazy super but cool. anyway very cool um but and by the, the way go time, watch out because like, it's super good <laughs> it is it is really good yeah um <laughs> but the i you know it's like the mindset of oh you know antibiotics were such a huge massive impact and at the time it's like the things that it made such a huge impact on was like they were fighting pandemics Mm. right it's kind of like they had legionnaires disease and then they had um polio and they had all those sort of things where vaccines made a difference or antibiotics made such a huge difference the problem now is that we don't have issues with those types of things for the most part mm-hmm. okay we have issues with like all of this inflammation autoimmune and whatever else and the cancer case. and all of the inflammatory stuff that you can't fight inflammation by killing it because you will kill the individual right and so the whole explain that more i mean like is there a way to explain that more descriptively on how killing that out would kill the person well your body naturally inflames to protect itself right it's like when you work out your muscles inflame those little tiny micro tears and things like that your body inflames it gives you that pumped muscle and then your body repairs it that's what makes it healthier and stronger right when we get out of control inflammation 
it's like the body can't calm it down because it's trying to calm it down with the inflammation, but it never gets the space to actually calm down. And if you kill what's inflamed, you're killing your body, right? And so it's like we have to give our body space to actually calm down and heal. And when you do things like put, um, you know, cortisone or steroids, it's like, yes, it may calm it down, but you're not calming down the problem that created it in the first place. And after doing that so many times, you actually create destruction to the system. And now you guys understand why she is on the show today. <laughs> sorry. Because why? No, no, sorry. No, no. But, but, but this is why the incessant, ra- like them listening to me do my incessant railing. They're used to me make, making up words. They're used to me doing these things. But you always have this very methodical way of explaining something from point A to point C and hitting B on the way, but also making sure that you get to the point of the importance. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, it's like we have, especially right now, right now, everybody's dropping like flies left and right. Like, it, I mean, you can't not notice everybody's noticing. It doesn't matter what you believe in. It doesn't matter what your political affiliation is. It doesn't matter what your religion is. It doesn't, rem- it doesn't matter if you're him or her. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, period. If you are a human on this planet, you are looking around and you are noticing that people are dropping like flies everywhere. Cancers are increasing. Strokes are increasing. Heart attacks are increasing. Autoimmune deficiencies are increasing. Everything is going bork shit crazy. Okay. And what people don't understand is a lot of that has to do with what we're not doing for self-care, what we're not doing to make sure that we're, you know, decreasing inflammatory responses within our body or changing our habits so that we can prevent some of our inflammatory responses and not set us up for massive destruction. You know, like there's just, and and the exposure. What are we exposing ourselves? Is it environmental things? Is it things that we're putting in our body that actually shouldn't be in our body that are actually unnatural and chemically filled. It could be food related. It could be plastics. It could be environmental stuff. It could be certain vaccines that we didn't need. That's the kind of thing that we need to start having these conversations on because that is the only way we're going to get to the root of the problem. Yeah. And you know, it's like, I don't want to say that I, I I don't want to go back in time a hundred or 150 years to the way things used to be. Unless and it was a glimpse time, like Outlander. <laughs> and at the same time, it was about 100 to 150 years ago that things started going terribly wrong when it came to, um, you know, mindset around food and health and well-being and all, and even medicine. Um, you know, and, you know, antibiotics, fantastic. It was the best thing that ever happened in medicine. Right. Right. And at the same time, it's like, you can't find, I mean, it's like you can't do find the pathogen and kill it with cancer patients because at that point, the pathogen, or it's not pathogen in the first place, it's find the part of the body and kill it, right? Which is what they're doing. And, right. you know, it's like you can't set off a nuclear bomb and expect it not to be destructive to all the areas around it, too. Hey, I have a question for you. When it, we, since you said antibiotics several times, what I've noticed over the years. I'm not sure if that's if it's because I'm amazingly healthy right now. I'm just like I'm just I take I'm very cautious and aware of my self care practices. I practice what I preach. Um, you know, of course, I have my indulgences and my humanism because that's we all have. We that. all have. We it. all have that. But mine are 
lot, usually a lot less than the average bear. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to antibiotics, I've noticed that my body, from when I used to have antibiotics in my 20s to when I, if I have to have an antibiotic today, holy fuck, that sucks on so many levels. I feel awful. I cannot... I mean, not only are you not pooping right and you have to do the probiotics to fix that part, but like are you, your stomach is feeling like it's tear. Like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like antibiotics potency has just gotten mag. Like, I feel like they've given me like a triple freaking dose of, of antibiotics or they've changed it. And I don't know why that is like, you know, I think it kind of reminds me of, um, you know, like when, when your kid gets lice with, oh my God, if you've been through that, it's awful. But like, when, you know, when you ha have a child that has lice and you have to go through the thorough treatment of, you know, taking out the hair and going through the things and then you have to use the shampoo to stun and kill and you do the, all the things, you know, you, you're sitting there scrubbing the head and then you have to go through every single freaking hair with a little fine cone and blah, blah, blah. Ah! a bug and like whatever and so you have to go through that entire process but one of the things that I that was interesting to me was that they kept talking about how the shampoo for lice doesn't really work anymore because they've had to change it and modify it so many times that the lice got stronger and they got preventative and they found out ways they to survive adapted yes yes so to me I'm paying attention to medications. I'm paying attention to anesthetics. I'm paying attention to antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And I, my brain goes to, hmm, when lice and things are adapting, antibiotics may not have been as effective. And so, therefore, they may have had to modify things. Or, you know, yeah. what what is your take on that? I, You know... We went through a period of time where antibiotics were given out like Pez. It's like, oh, you have a cold. Here's some antibiotics. Well, it was for a virus, not for a bacteria. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's be very clear that antibiotics are for bacteria. They're not for viral infections. Um, but, you know, especially when I was a kid, it was like, oh, every little thing, you were given an antibiotic and you were given another antibiotic and you were given another antibiotic to the point where it's like, one, the kid never gets healthy. And two, you're creating these antibiotic-resistant bacteria and other things, as well as destroying their gut health. Um, Very similar and, to children that end up, every time they spike a tiny little bit of a fever and the parent gives them medicine right away, you start to notice that the child is not susceptible. Right. I noticed the same thing, you know, during the shutdown days, right? You know, mm -hmm. like, I noticed that my kids... If they, they were experiencing a fever or things like that nature, you know, the advice of the doctor would be do, do Tylenol and Motrin every four hours, swap them out, whatever, and try and kill it as quick as possible. They're trying to be aggressive because there was so much fear around COVID itself that they were like, just stick it in the mud. Like, let's just conquer this shit and get rid of it. They didn't even let the body do its natural course and its natural process to relieve itself of illness because that's what our body is supposed to do. Your body raises the fever to help protect and get the fuck out, get it out of your system. So here, 
you know, that's happening. And what I'm noticing is that the doctors are like, kill it, kill it, kill it now. Like, I don't want it in the building. Get it out. Like, and they just kind of went a little overkill with doing that. And so then it, it became very aware to me that other people that have differences of opinion as I do in their practices and swallow everything the doctor says, they were giving their child that system every single time they even had the slightest of a fever to the point where now the child is spiking into 103s, 103.5s, and it doesn't matter how much medication you give them, it's not working. It's not yeah. working because they've been their tolerance is through the freaking roof. Well, guess what? I immediately identified, you know what? I'm looking at a scale. My kid's fever isn't as hard. That's not medically necessary until it hits a certain point where they might need and they really need that extra buffer really to like kind of just make them feel a little better take the edge off not really that it's necessary I did more like natural like hey by the way buddy I know you're freezing but you know you can't snuggle up in the blanket and get hotter I'm gonna like try to cool down your body temperature and do it in natural ways and so and my kids didn't have to use medication like nearly at all. And so if I give my kids a Tylenol or a Motrin, that shit works in like 10 minutes or less because their body's not used to it. Now that really worries me is that if I have a surgery, I'm going to die. Because like, because somebody's going <laughs> to give gonna me. They're going to over medicate you. <laughs> yeah, they're going to give me like the natural form of anesthetics for like basic, like, oh, basic person, you know, 120 pounds, five foot tall. Oh, we're going to give you a dose of this. Abby dead. Like, yeah. like. Abby overdosed. Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah. I, well, I took two Tylenol when I had an abscess from my tooth incident. And I was high for five hours oh from God. two Tylenols. I'm That's just funny. saying. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that it's true that, I, I mean, not only are we overfed and malnutritioned. Okay. We're over-medicated. To the point where you don't even know which of your symptoms are actually your symptoms and which of the symptoms are your side effects. Please repeat that one more time that, so that everyone can hear that. That people don't know because we're over-medicated. They don't know the difference between their side effects and their symptoms. Genius. Yeah. It's true. And I ha- I say this to my husband's family, you know, not all the time because they don't talk as much, but... You know, I, I mention when the subject of his mother comes up in her her caretaking, they can't tell if she's actually having possibly early signs of dementia or Alzheimer's because more dementia, actually. But, like, there's not, there's no indication of us being able to know because she self-medicates herself rather than regularly taking her medication so we the the signs and symptoms of her diabetes and her blood pressure and all the things that are like you know all the things that come there affect her mood affect the way her brain works it gives there the fogginess the cloudiness the forgetfulness all the different things so here she starts acting like she's a dementia person but you wouldn't be able to know because you can't regulate her to be able to evaluate her properly. And I'm not saying that food is everything, but everything you just described, it's like if it's caught early enough, you can completely and totally shift the picture of 
just by changing food. Oh, I mean, are you kidding? All these medications, she didn't actually need to be on them. She could have just changed her food from the 20, from the 30 beginning. years ago. Yeah. And and this is this is the problem. This is this is what makes me crazy, right? <laughs> this is the problem, guys. This is the problem. The problem is that you know in medical schools, and there was a research study done in like I don't remember if it was Cambridge or or I don't remember which medical school, but it was one of the big fancy medical schools. I like Cambridge. That, I like the way Cambridge rolls out Cambridge. of my mouth. Can we just say yes, it's Cambridge? We're going to say Cambridge. Okay. It probably wasn't Cambridge, but one of the it big medical Harvard. schools. <laughs> it very well could have been. I don't know. It was one of the big. <laughs> fancy medical schools right they pulled the students going in and asked them you know how much they thought that diet and lifestyle played a part in people's health 80 percent of them thought that it made a significant difference when they went into school those same students were polled at the end of their program and less than 20 percent thought that diet and lifestyle had anything to do with their health which the most important part of that is because when they took back then, like 20 years ago, when this they is did not that old of a study, right? Well, so 20 years ago, when they used to do medical like doctorism and they put through <laughs> put everybody through their program, they had three weeks of nutritional education. Three weeks out of freaking eight years, eight to ten years of whatever the hell they're studying, but they only got three weeks of nutrition and then these guys are actually giving advice about nutrition to their patients which is crazy to me then even more fast forward to day today they have do you know, one, one basic week. nutrition course one one basic nutrition course and they don't even go into food healing at all whatsoever like none or how it affects nothing how it affects like how it affects you, anything dietitian this all the stuff that dietitians learn you would think that being doctors and having that magnitude of knowledge being taught, they would have at least gotten a tip of the iceberg of what a dietitian goes through. Well, and and here's the thing. A lot of the registered dietitians were trained in the same medical system. I know. And so it's still based on those same medical principles that are, you know, 20, 30, 40 years old. They're not even with the current, current updates. The current, yeah. you know, research. Um, you know, the human genome was, was actually completed in 2000, right? And so since 2000, it's like, if you look at the genetic research that's come out in the last 23 years, it's just been like exponentially huge. And as far as like how we can use diet, nutrition and supplements and that sort of stuff to basically hack, mm -hmm. um, you, you know, our DNA and how our body works and that sort of stuff. It's not your MDs for the most part that know that. No. It's your doctor. I mean, your, your holistic, your care holistic practitioners. practitioners or Ooh, your MDs. Or, I know. Or your MDs that have gone, <laughs> wait a minute, this doesn't work for me. So what else can I find to help myself? How can I help myself and my family? And they've had to do the research to go out there and find theirs. And they've gone more holistic because they didn't get the answers from the medical system that they needed for themselves and their families. And, you know, so it's, yeah, it's us. It's us. Abby's giving me the look like, okay, hold on. If you're finding this helpful and insightful, don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and YouTube at Capital Health. That's K-A-P-I-T-O-L Health. Also, don't forget to check out CapitalHealth.com and subscribe to our newsletter and get wicked awesome updates whenever we put out our new blogs. Okay, I did it. <laughs> I'm a good girl now. I won't get Check. in trouble. And <laughs> I try to make it.
sound as much as a commercial as possible so that it just sounds like it's it's the same every time i don't know how effectively i do with it but it's kind of funny but at some point you'll get it recorded and you can just be like wait wait I, okay, <laughs> technically I can do that, but then I have to go in and then I have to split the video, the audio track, and then you have to plug it into the system. And uh, then like, so I can do that. I just don't want to. I don't want to either. Because it adds to my editing. And it's not even me that has anything to do with it. But I don't want to. <laughs> no. No. You, well, and actually when we do our podcast, you, I literally just put p- press play when you're laughing. So when we can start it properly and then like that's how we roll but at any rate okay anything else that drives you crazy we went through insurance we went through over medication we went through even doctor training even what are some of the other things that drives you absolutely so so i will defend mds and in you know the do's and things like that they're not all bad they're not they're not bad and the majority of them go into medicine because they want to help people right unfortunately the way that they're trained is here's your list of symptoms here's the drug you give here's your list of symptoms here's the drug you give here's the list of symptoms and here is the uh standard of care once if the standard of care doesn't work then you can do this if the standard of care if that doesn't work then you try this right it's like they have to follow that yeah, protocol because of the insurance companies, right? Understand that, that it's not their fault. It's not that they're not educated. It's, the insurance. it's not that they don't know. It's that because of their standards, because of insurance, because of all of the stuff, they have to follow the processes. I know doctors. And if right. they do it out of order, then it might mess up your insurance coverage. Yeah. Right. Well, and I know so, doctors that will literally have a patient with a problem that doesn't make sense. And they want more blood work on it. And so they request to go put the blood work in. And then their hospital comes and reprimands them because they put that order in. Because, no, it isn't on the list to being covered by the insur- what the insurance company approved. And so then right. they can't. Or certain blood uh, lipid panels or blood work that they 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 only get certain things because that's only what the insurance company will allow. Right. And so therefore, and that's the they thing won't that, even cover vitamin D anymore. Right. Because so many people were low on vitamin D and doctors started checking it. Insurance companies won't even cover vitamin D anymore, and it is one of the get this vitamin D is actually a hormone. It's not a vitamin at all. It is actually a hormone. And it is one of the things that makes such a huge impact on energy and inflammation and hormone production. Yes, those guys out there running low on testosterone that are going to get testosterone pills, guess what? Their vitamin D is probably low. And if they'd get in the sunshine a little bit and actually get some vitamin D in their system, they might not be low on testosterone. I think my husband has a little bit too much testosterone because he (laughs) fishes a lot. He goes out fishing a lot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, and he takes his vitamin D I was going to say, I don't. I think that taking vitamin D is going to make your testosterone too high. No, I was just saying, but at the same ways, time, I wasn't really saying the testosterone right. part. But I'm just saying, like, I mean, okay, I have to bring up the story of you know when we met way back in the day, and this was like what six years ago. It's almost been six years since we've known each other. Okay, okay, like I think it'll be six years this coming fall because we moved here six years ago in June, and then I met you. I think somewhere in that 
August, September, October time period. Right. Time just all kind of I just together. Don't me. I don't even know. Well, yeah, I'll <laughs> handle it because I'm the memory. So it's fine. So, like, so I, so when I met you, my husband was experiencing all the gout stuff. Okay. And so, for those of you guys that don't know, um, like, gout is just insane. There's no proof to really say that it's worse than pregnancy or like labor pains, but like a lot of co- people will compare it to that, but it's constant. It's like, you know, the flares can last somewhere between three to like, you know, two weeks. It can be extremely long, very unbearable, constant. Um, my husband describes them as almost like stab, like taking a knife and jabbing it in your joint type of pain and then just having it constantly throb. Any movement, breathing, even putting a sheet, a light, light sheet on top of where the area is, exper- is experiencing the gout is excruciatingly painful. And so um, he had only had maybe a couple flares way back in the day. And of course the generic term was, oh, well you have gout. You need to stop drinking beer. Well, guess what? He didn't drink beer then. And actually he's never really been a big beer drinker to begin with anyway, but it was immediately attack alcohol content, pork, and you know, I can't even remember what some of the other ones were because I like it was all, they literally went to the generic list of, you know, don't Ten do different, these things. Don't eat these things. Don't consume don't these things. Don't eat red meat. Right. Don't eat red meat. Don't yeah. eat pork. Don't yes. eat like these um, oily fishes and like all these different things. So, of course, you know, if, you know, the first flare, he didn't think it was a big deal. He didn't do any change because he's just a creature of habit and human mm-hmm. and whatever. And so then, of course, when the second flare came around, well, the second flare was actually more dangerous. It wasn't in his toe. It was actually in his ankle. And almost, he was stuck on crutches. He couldn't move it. They had to stick a giant needle that was like a foot long into his ankle <laughs> to be able to, you know, break things up and get things moving again. And... So he really, he was like, okay, you know what? I got to do something about this. I need to change like my eating. So he started avoiding a lot of those foods. Guess what? Nothing fucking changed. Absolutely nothing. He's still like, you redo all the research about gout and it's like every, they literally say people with gout have flares every quarter. So every four months, they, every three to four months, they're having another flare for whatever reason. So we go on for like a year and a half and this is like, and this is part of in between of me knowing you and I had already done food allergy testing prior to meeting you and understood all of it kind of became a good guide of food sensitivities myself with my own career, but not necessarily like with my husband. Cause you know, why is my husband going to listen to me? You know, like <laughs> just his <laughs> wife. Like so, But then, you know, it came to the point where he had a really bad flare that was so bad and he's like, I'm so sick and tired of this shit. I can't handle this anymore. I mean, we're talking gout flares that not just went, it was like it skipped his big toe. It went into his ankles. It went into his knee joints. Like, we're talking a man that is physically fit, that was a ranger. I mean, he was he was an army ranger during Desert Storm, for Christ's sake. Like, this man can tolerate pain. He was stuck in a bed, like literally couldn't walk, and had to pee in a cup to be just to relieve himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like all of these experiences were just excruciatingly painful. And he's like, well, I'm going to just fucking take that medication that they want to give me and da 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 And I looked at him and I go, well, honey, the medication that they want to put you on actually destroys your liver. It destroys your liver. It kills your liver, which your liver is the only thing protecting you 
from a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not really a fan of when he's like, well, what do you, what would you, what do you, would you do? Da, 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 da. This, I can't live like this. And I go, to be perfectly honest, inflammation, what's causing inflammation? Why don't we find what foods create the inflama- inflammatory response, which is cre- most likely creating this. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I sent him to you, which of course he just did what I asked. Um, not knowing you, of course, now he goes to you probably even, I mean, he goes to you voluntarily. He goes, not only does he go to you weekly, but he also goes to you voluntarily when he knows he's not in a good place. And he's like, I think I need an earlier appointment. And like, and, and not even, he'll just do it on his own, which is fantastic. Cause that's what you want is self care. So what ends up happening is, um, he ends up going to you, he gets his food test done. And what do they find out? Guess what? Pork's not an issue. Guess what? Gluten's an issue. Hops is an issue. Well, we used to have gluten-free beer, but like we didn't drink it often, but hops is in that. You know, then there was, what was it? Coconut, peas. Um, I think, um, what was one of his, tuna was on there. Certain veg, fruits and vegetables were on his list. You know, like there were just a huge thing where we immediately cut that out of his system in the, Honestly, I think the first, the next flare that he had after we had gone through that whole clean out, it had been like eight months before he got another flare. And then when he got the next flare, it wasn't as bad, but it still was significant. But it was because he like, we went on vacation, he binged and binged for three weeks. He's like, hey, look, I can eat all my food again. And he just kept eating it all. And then lo and behold, caused his flare. And then, you know, I think it was 10 or 12 months later, he had another one. And then, and the same kind of thing, it was the holidays and wanting to indulge. Sadly, a lot of that one had to do with me because I was trying to make him some healthy juices. I forgot to look at his list and I kind of poisoned him by accident for a couple weeks. And so, like, that did not help. And then on top of it, he went on his binge moment. He poisoned him on healthy foods. I did. I did. I poisoned him on healthy I was mortified. And I'm like, honey, I'm so sorry. And, like, and that actually was his worst, like, it it was was one of his worst flares. Yeah. And then, like, and then after that, it was, like, the next one was way, like, way long time ago. But we're talking, we went from Western medicine basically guiding us through something that they really didn't have the backing for it. Like you tested him, you immediately were at first in gut instinct was thinking, oh, I wonder if he has low iron. We might have to start having you cook with an iron skillet. And then found out that his ferritin was way overloaded and he actually needed to detoxify it out of his system. So it was complete, like we, and that's, and then you started putting him on his supplements. And then the main point of this story and the reason why I brought up his testosterone was because, oh my God, then in a marketing meeting, we're sitting there and, you know, in marketing meetings, you jump up and you say, hey, thanks for doing business with me and you helped me do blah, blah, blah. And I just got up and I said, well, I sent Aud- my husband to Audra and now he can't stop touching me because his libido is so high because he's so freaking healthy. And then like all the men in that freaking room, eyeballs just popped and was like, what the fuck kind of magic pill is she getting given your husband? And I'm sitting there like, oh, I need a break. Like- <laughs> wow. I'm like, where do I go with that? Okay, so first of all, gout, it has to do with uric acid. Correct. So uric acid is, you know, literally it forms crystals and those little teeny tiny crystals stick in the joint. 
It is. It does actually even look like itty bitty teeny tiny knives poking in your joints. Um, so people and that have gout, it is tissue damage. It does connective tissue yeah. damage. So you have to do and over time. It is incredibly painful. So that being said, oh my gosh, yeah. If you have that, you definitely want to try to avoid the medication as long as you possibly can by doing the things um, that can be helpful. And, you know, food allergies and sensitivities is one of those things. I'm going to come back to food allergies and sensitivities itself. But on the topic of gout, there is a fantastic book out there. And it's not just about gout. It's um, about uric acid and how um, higher uric acid levels, whether you have gout or not. So it's like if you get your test back and it's just a little on the high side, like, the, mm-hmm. you know, the H comes up, but it's only one or two, you know, point one or two out of the range. And your doctor says, oh, you're fine. You know, if you're not having any symptoms, but you're, you're fine. Like that's Here's than what normal. I'm going to say is that uric acid is actually a more important marker for overall longevity than half of the other markers on there. Okay, so yeah, definitely more than your cholesterol. There's a book out there, and I forget his first name. Perlmutter is his last name, and the book is called Drop Acid. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, like right? I, I love read. it. <laughs> I was like, go, go read it. It's got amazing information in there that really talks about it as, um, you know, just an overall well-being longevity marker uh, versus the, you know, medical, like, well, if it's not off the charts and you're not in pain, then, eh, okay, you're probably fine. Um, you Which know? I don't <laughs> like because don't you want people to be of optimal health? Like, I'm always yeah. focusing on, like, creating the health squad to help lift people up yeah right so i'm gonna read you something first okay? i would love for you this, to read me a page out of your it's book it's not even a whole page this is literally i'm reading you the definition out of the britannica dictionary yay that's okay. in her book that's in my book okay. which your book is called my book is called if i'm not hypothyroid what's wrong it's the multi-dimensional i can't even say it multi-dimensional approach to getting your energy back I'm going to come back to that in just a second. And by the way, she's working on her second, and she's really excited for me to read it, which means it's going to be even freaking awesome. But the second one is, like, very very much the same layout and format as the first one. It's just going to be much more in-depth. So, anyway, okay, according to the Britannica Dictionary, disease is any harmful deviation from the normal structural or functional state of an organism generally associated with certain signs and symptoms and differing in nature from physical injury. Thus, the normal condition of an organism must be understood in order to recognize the hallmarks of disease. The reason that I read this is this. It says it's a harmful deviation from structural or functional. Okay? The way that I look at it is that we have optimal health, and then we get stressed, and our body adapts. And so we have adapted health. Okay? Optimal health. Stress, adapted health, extended periods of adapted health where you're adapting to all of those stressors leads to fatigue. Mm-hmm. And fatigue Adrenal. eventually leads to um, a functional dysfunction. <laughs> so it's not even until after that that you get to where it's even considered a disease. Correct. Right? And where the medical so system... True seems to work best is between disease and that you know medical necessity right and death because that's what's next 
right? You've got all of this, like, like I said, stress and adaptation to stress and then fatigue, which most of us, when we start feeling fatigued, we're it's, like, I want to feel better. How do I feel better? Well, and, and you go to doctors. I, I know and women. Adrenal glands and all of this stuff is all borked and whacked out already. Yeah. And, and you know, it's like, I know <clears throat> women that have spent six to 10 years and gone to six to 10 practitioners before they finally got diagnosed with something. And most of the time it's autoimmune. Right. It, and it's it's just kind of like they spent six to 10 years to try and get an answer that honestly they could have gotten with some food allergies and sensitivities and some good vitamin and mineral and nutritional support. Right. And, and I don't just mean nutritional support and the fact of, you know, taking pills. I mean, like literally changing your food yeah. because it makes such a huge difference. Well, and the thing is, is like, I mean, people really forget like what you put in is what you get out it's not and i'm not saying that in a sense of like you know i'm not thinking of the old school concept of like exercise right like because that's just bullshit like i mean I, I can't stand it when everybody's like well you're eating too much and you're not putting enough energy actually no what ends up happening is if your body's not getting the necessary nutrients to prime your body your body can't do the shit you're asking it to do like losing weight or getting or feeling better or getting energy the the system is backed up the system is literally a lot of times the majority of people are already in a form of adrenal fatigue and their body needs rest it like it needs rest and it needs clearance of toxins and buildup and all of that stuff before you can in needs to start prepping your body with nutrition when i say when you're put it when you put in your body it gets out are you physically looking at yourself in the mirror and thinking yeah what's happened to my face? Like, are you looking in the mirror and saying, why do I look, why are my eyes so droopy? Or, oh, that's not normal. Like, you know, it, I, it makes me think of the episode from Freaky Friday where she looks in the mirror because the mom and the daughter switch places and she looks in the mirror and she's like, I'm like the grin creeper. And so like, so it's like, I sit there and I look at that and I'm thinking the food value that you put into your body is expressed through your body value. Like your, your body starts to actually take the value of your food and then it starts living through you and doing all that stuff. But it's not all the, that's not all of it. There's more to it. It's about creating the balance of behavioral. Yeah. It's about creating um, just even your mindset. Like, yeah, I hear you. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, honestly, it's like before I started functional medicine programming so that I get, you know, before I started learning functional medicine mm -hmm. so that I could heal myself, right? Right. Because that's, that's how I got here, right? I was not getting answers, and the medications that they put me on were making me worse, not better. And then I had 14 other symptoms to go with it, you know? So it's like I had to find answers for myself, which is how I got here. And... That being said, it's like I thought I ate healthy. I was eating healthy compared to the standards mm -hmm. that were put in front of me according to whatever level of education, which I'd had two or three nutrition courses at that time. And, you know, one of them was the original pyramid where, you know, <laughs> grains and bread was on the bottom, which, you know, we laugh about now because it's so ridiculous ridiculous right you know and you know that now they've changed it to some weird plate which is 
still not great. Well, and you, um, you know how the pyramid even got started in the first place. Right. The grain council and whatever else. Yes, and he had to sell exactly. more wheat. Right. And now well, that yeah, they've genetically like modified it to where it doesn't even work well in your body and it clogs it up and it just wreaks well, havoc on your system. The original one that they create, the original advice that they provided in the 1920s to people, to the public in newspapers saying, hey, eat about three ounces of protein. Eat your fruits and vegetables. Like, And they literally told exactly as it was. I guarantee you probably won't be able to find that paper anywhere. No. Because what ended up happening then, oh, the dairy industry was like, what about us? And then you got the grain people being like, what about us? And, and then you got the, the 60s, meat people. it was the sugar people. Yeah, the meat people wanted in. And so literally the entire pyramid like food guide pyramid and food advice giving to the public was actually created of a As board a marketing ploy. It was a board of individuals of people that owned food companies that wanted to make sure that their shit got sold. Yeah. And that's what how we've been listening to it food advice. Right. For generations. And so when I say it's like it was about 100 or 150 years ago that we really went off track when it came to yeah. diet, it was really that 100-year-ago mark. Mm-hmm. And it was post-World War One, where literally, like, you know, the 1920s was mm-hmm. the... Um, uh, God, that was a hundred years ago. It was a hundred years Fuck. ago, right? A hundred and it, that's crazy. I, I was just gonna now say, process that. You're like, he's saying a hundred years ago. I was like, dude, 19, no, it wasn't 1890. And then, like, oh my god, my brain just did yes. that. Uh, I remember 1923 was a hundred years ago. Okay, oh we're Which talking exactly Great Depression. Yep, Great Depression. Okay, and you know, people were literally pinching pennies, and so what was cheap, and what did they want to sell the most of? Grains. Yeah, because everything else was expensive. Yep. And so, yes, the food companies got together and was like, how are we going to sell more of this? Well, we're going to put more grains in it. Yep. And since then, what they've done with grains is they have genetically modified them so that, you know, one stalk of wheat looks like about 10 times the size of what it was 100 years ago because it has, I don't even know the exact number, like how many times gluten, Mm -hmm. which gluten is the part that like clogs up your intestines, literally. Right. And um, so that's why so many people are, you know, gluten sensitive or gluten intolerant. It's not that it's a, um, you know, a trend or whatever it we is. We didn't it's do anything It's really one wrong. of those things. It, we, we didn't yeah. do anything wrong. It was done, done to, to our food industry. Yeah. And on top of them changing it genetically and it having more gluten in it, on top of that, the standard process is that Right before, the day before they harvest wheat, they go out there and they spray the fields with Roundup so that they don't have weeds in their wheat crop. And so we're being dosed with glyphosate on top of genetically modified high gluten. And Dr. Audrey, what does glyphosate (laughs) do to your body? I... So what does it not do to your body? I was going to say it has a lot. It 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 creates a lot of problems. But uh, one of the one of the things that it's biggest known for is that it it's um it is it messes it disrupts hormones. We'll just put it that way. It disrupts hormones. Um, it has been linked to over twenty forms of cancer. Um, and that list just goes on and on. And so glyphosate is which is Roundup, for those of you that don't know, glyphosate is Roundup. Um, it, it's just, which it wreaks funny. havoc on the system. Which is funny so, that they they send out those, like, you know, 
I'm sure you've received in the mail where it says, have you been exposed to Roundup? Please jump onto this action plan. Uh, every fucking American in the world should be jumping, like, or in the country, should yeah. be jumping onto it because we've all been eating glyphosate in our food. Yeah, I, we, we've all been eating glyphosate and not just wheat, but in everything for ever, right? And didn't even know. So it's one of the... I, we, I don't even know the numbers, right? Like, I'm not a good person at keeping these numbers in my head. But there are so many pesticides, herbicides, and chemicals that are used on our foods here in the United States that are banned Mm -hmm. in most every other, you know, first world country that there is, right? It's like, basically, it's like if there's foods that are toxic to other countries, they send them here because we'll eat anything. I actually think I did an episode on the foods that were banned that are allowed here. And yeah. I don't remember. I think it was maybe like fifteen or twenty episodes ago. Yeah, I, I lost track. Yeah, got, like, they just put it together to me. But the, I did an episode specifically going through all the foods that ha- that other people are not allowed to eat, but here in America, yes, here in America, we're allowed and, to do and, that. Okay, if you want to get really interesting, yes, 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 please, do. yes, please. Do. Okay, first of all, go watch that sugar film. Okay, yeah, sugar itself is one of the biggest problems, but it's not. It's not just sugar it's the high fructose corn syrup Mm -hmm. and it's like i'm sure you've said the high fructose corn syrup um and but there is research that actually shows that the high fructose corn syrup in the liver actually does worse damage to the body than alcohol does to an alcoholic (laughs) yeah which is interesting because there's a lot of people that are having liver issues and they're not alcoholics, and they're confused on why they yes. might be exhibiting signs of jaundice, or there might be fatty exhibiting... liver. Yep, exactly. I was gonna say fatty liver is ace number one reason is high fructose corn syrup. If you're not an alcoholic, sad. It is sad. I was gonna say go Google sugar ads of the 1960s. <laughs> That movie sounds delightfully entertaining. Yeah, it is delightfully entertaining because there's these chicks on there that are like, you need your energy boost. It's three o'clock in the afternoon and the only way you can be ready for your husband is to eat your sugar. Oh, but don't forget the cigarette ads that were also in conjuncture with that as well. Yeah. Because that was like how you kept calm because I guess we were irrational. Yes. (laughs) When we were mad when husbands did not pay attention to you when they came in the door for work and just sat and read their papers. Not that right. I was there in the 50s, but yeah. you go to say Right. <laughs> 50s so, or 60s. So here's, here's an in- interesting tip since most of your listeners are women, right? Uh, Actually, I do have a really good widespread of men. I'm actually, okay. I think I'm Well, this at, is good for the guys to know too. I'm at 53% that, female and then fantastic. the rest are men. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so men's hormones they also cycle but they cycle just like the sun so their testosterone levels are highest in the morning through about noon and they start to drop off in the afternoon and they are lowest in the evening and towards night and so it's like yeah men actually really do need to like come down home and prop up their feet for a little bit to recover from their day because their testosterone levels are low. My They're husband highest just hides in the, in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I can't do it. it well, where women... It, because it's a quiet hole for where, him to go to. Where women's hormones, they cycle with the moon. And it's like, we, we do have distinct differences, that, you know, waxing and waning and full moon and the all whole nine the yards. Things, all right? the things. But and if like, you really want to know more about all of those crazy antics, that's <laughs> when you go and listen to Embracing the Wild. I highly recommend it. <laughs> 
Did you have, you were about to say something and I cut you off before I said that. No, I think we got it. I think, okay. Yeah. I was I like, I it. was about to jump on there, but then I was yeah. like, you know what? I think, I think we just need them to listen to more. And because, you know. Although I don't, I don't usually get into like the science and the nerdy much. I do a I little love, here and there. I love it when you go science nerd mode. It's one of my yeah. favorite parts of Audrelicious. It just makes me. And it like, would be so much better if I actually had the facts in front of me, like if I'd actually done the research. But oh since we are so just like random talk cuff. about whatever it is, then I'm like, yeah, I don't remember those numbers. Well, no, but we always go <laughs> off the cuff. And that's the point is that like, I, I just, I always love having you, uh, having you be on, be on the Capital Life, being a part of this, even having you be like one of my BFFs that is like extraordinary. So it just... And I, my favorite time is when you go like nerd, nerd rant mode. It's like, it's my absolute favorite. And I, I, at times I have my tendencies on doing my ranting, which I say weird things and I guess people find it humorous and funny and that's good. (laughs) Like, that's good. I'm ranting and they're like, ha 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 ha. Did she just say that? And it's like, I make funny. Yeah. And I make up weird (laughs) words and that's just how I am. But Thank you so much for being on the Capital Life today, where we talk about all the things. You're very welcome. We'll have to do it again in a couple months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we should make. I think you should make some regular. If you tell me ahead of time what we're talking about. I'll go. I'll go get numbers too. You, oh, <laughs> well, I didn't even give you a heads up. I texted you yesterday and was like, "Hey, you want to be on this?" And you're like, "And I was like, we're talking about annoying things like yeah. in the industry." So, and you're like, "Okay." So, like, <laughs> I can do that. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, one more annoying thing. Yes. Yes, there are no magic pills. Just so you know. Yeah. There's no magic pills. You have to do the work in this and learn the self care <laughs> practices to take care of your vessel of the body. That's right. It's just, it is what you it is. You cannot run a Ferrari actually, on Dr. Pepper. I think we might need to do. Just so you know. I think we might need to do an episode on the magic pill. Awesome. I think that, I, I think that. maybe that, maybe that might be something that we do in a couple of weeks. We have you back on and we talk about the magic pill that doesn't okay. exist. That's right. Right. Yeah. And, Quit running your Ferrari on Dr. Pepper. Have a nice day. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today on The Capital Life, where we talk about all the things. Join me next Saturday as we talk about Evaluate Your Value. Don't forget to like and subscribe and follow on YouTube and Facebook at Capital Health. That's K-A-P-I-T-O-L, Health. Please share with your friends and family. The Capital Life is available on all podcasting platforms. Our goal on The Capital Life is to provide a safe place to get information when it comes to your health and wellness, especially when dealing with all of life's phases. Remember to take care of yourself because you're somebody's everything.